0: Welcome to All Things IDD hosted by The Arc of Wichita County. This podcast is a place where we share resources for those with intellectual and developmental disabilities and their families, raise awareness, as well as create a space for stories by and about those with disabilities. Today, Dr. Frank Del Rio joins us again to talk about all of the programs and resources that our chapter of The Arc offers. Frank. I'm so glad you're back on our podcast again. Thank you for coming and talking with us today.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
0: We just really um, wanted to share with our listeners all of the things that the ARC does because like like you mentioned, not everybody knows what we do.
1: Right. And what's surprising to me or maybe it shouldn't be surprising is I've been involved with the ARC probably for over 20 years now. And so I started as a staff not even a year ago and so I thought I knew everything the ARC did and found out I didn't, and then I would talk to staff and say, did you know we do this? And they'd say, I had no idea. So I realized I'm not the only person that doesn't know. So I thought maybe this is information that our families could benefit from or the community in general, but there may be a lot of things that families may be coming here and they don't even know we offer it because some of our programs are fairly new.
0: Right, yeah. Um, So, I mean, if you don't mind just maybe talking with, let's start with the kiddos, our childcare program.
1: Okay, and let me go ahead and start by saying um, the arc started out as a grassroots agency way back around the 1950s or so. My time frame may be a little off, but it designed families needed help, at least in Wichita Falls, Families wanted resources and kind of is like a, more of a parent support type of a group. And so it grew into an information thing. And so the ARC is all over the nation and some ARCs are more involved than others. I'm proud of the fact that in Wichita Falls we're a lot more involved than even some of the bigger towns are on doing things. But one of the things that we try to do, um, of course Addison was one of our executive directors and, um, followed, and after that we have Anthony and um, all of this was laid down by Marlene who's done this, did a wonderful job getting things started out. But all three of them had this vision where mm-hmm. when we're looking at IDD population, Let's not worry about all the things that people say, we can't do this, we can't do this, we can't do this. All three of them came forward and said, where are the holes in our community that services aren't being provided, and what can we do about it? And because of that, we offer a lot of services that other ARCs in the nation don't even do. Everybody does different things, but we're always looking for new ways to solve problems and help the families that we work with. And so I'm kind of excited to talk about some of the things we do, the things that a lot of folks know about and the things maybe not very many people know about.
0: Yeah, I, I appreciate hearing about the history of our chapter because I know um, some people don't even know our chapter is in our town, but when they learn about us, they don't realize we've been here since the 50s. So. Um, it's helpful, I think, for people to know the, the amount of time that we've been in this community and had time to grow. And like you said, kind of fill in some gaps. Um, I, I do know that, uh, people that have heard of the ARC before, they either think we only serve children or only serve adults, um, so I guess let's start maybe with our child care program. Sure, and
1: what i will start by saying is that we are the spectrum um, development IDD or intellectual and developmental disability is a lifetime spectrum. It doesn't go away So the arc offers lifetime programs. We do the same thing. So we start with we have a child care Our childcare program is really popular because we take people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, but we also take children without them if they'd like to. A lot of people aren't aware of that. Of course, some people don't know we have a childcare, but very few people know that anybody with a child can apply for their child to to attend our program. And that has some benefits. Um, One is if you have a child that doesn't have an intellectual and developmental disability and they go there, my experience has been that they're more compassionate more well-rounded and they learn skills other people don't have because they're learning to work with the population that a lot of people haven't had that experience Um, we go in our child care from ages 3 to 21 not many child care go that old Um, we don't have anybody that at that age at this time but we allow for that another good thing about our child care program is that we have behaviors like all child cares do, but we have a little bit longer leash when it comes to behavior because we understand that some of the individuals we work with, there's gonna be different reasons. And we'll probably talk about behaviors another day, but behaviors have a reason. And so if you have a child that has a behavior and you kick them out of school or you kick them out of child care, you really haven't learned it, they haven't learned anything. What you've accomplished is you've made the child's problem somebody else's problem, it's no longer yours. Well, at the ARC, at least our chapter, I should speak for us, we don't believe in just kicking the problem to somebody else. We're gonna to try to resolve that problem. And so that's one of the things that's really neat about our program is we work with kids on learning skills, They have fun. We teach them to interact with each other. We teach social skills with them. They're playing. They don't know they're learning these skills because nobody wants to go to school and then come and do more school. So we do it kind of couched in a fun way. But we try to teach little things as we go along. And so we do an after-school program that is during the school year. When school is out, we do a summer program that is all day long. Um, And some of the activities we do, we do things like arts and crafts. We do field trips, not as much in after school, but we have all day care, we do a lot of that. We have a yard outside that's really neat, it's got lots of play area and stuff. We do games, we'll do themed parties, we'll kind of pull stuff out, whether it's Valentine's Day, Martin Luther King Day. We pull things out and we kind of do fun things and educate at the same time. We provide breakfast and snacks and things like that. So we do a lot of really neat things. Um, we do have a little bit of a waiting list, because um, our program is pretty popular. Um, so if anybody is interested in that, definitely they can call up to the ARC and we can get them on our waiting list and tell them a little bit more about the program. For all of these programs, people are invited to come up here, come up to the ARC, meet us. We can walk them around the different programs so they can see the building, things like that. But our, our child care, is a, we think it's a pretty good program. We think it's one of the best in the city.
0: Yeah, and um, as far as with our waiting list, we did just expand our child care program. We did um, put a wall up in, in our large, big room, as we call it, I guess, um, to create a new child care room so we could accommodate more kids. Um, and then also as far as limitations um, for other child care centers, like you mentioned, behaviors, I know an, another requirement for other child cares is um, – kids must be potty trained by a certain age. And we don't have that requirement, um, because of some of the kids with, uh, disabilities, maybe that are on the spectrum or whatever. Um, they haven't learned how to use the bathroom. Um, so yeah, we do diapering for all ages, but we do work with kids on potty training. And I know we did have one successful, um, story, at least one summer ago about a child that refused at home and we decided we were going to start it in the summer and they were potty trained. Right. And what we try to do is we
1: try to make people as self-sufficient and independent as possible, whether they're three or 83, that's what we work towards. And so we have individuals for whether there's medical, or behavioral or emotional reasons, they can't go to the bathroom or they can't take care of themselves, we're going to try and help them with those issues. And if we can help them, that's wonderful. But if not, we're not ever going to move somebody out or not let them attend because of uh, toileting issues.
0: I know we had recognized there was kind of a gap um, in services. We had opened our Dayhab program for adults, which I know you're going to talk about um, but in our child care program, we had some teens that were in the program because their parents needed that after school care, but it wasn't really age appropriate. The activities that we were doing, um, they were just far beyond doing an arts and crafts project. They were not interested. And so we kind of realized, man, we really need a teen after school program. So do you mind talking about our bridge program?
1: Yeah, Yeah. and we're, we're really excited about the bridge program. It's fairly new and it's aimed at teenagers that are still in school. So what we do in the bridge program is we try to teach life skills. Um, For some of the parents, it's a place for their child to go after school because they need care. Others want them to learn the skills. But one of the things that we recognized is that teenage years are really important for transition skills. Um, The earlier we can teach skills, the better. And so what happens, and this is not knocking any particular school, but sometimes in some of the schools, an individual will go through the system, and then when they're about 18, 19, all of a sudden it's time to start planning for transitioning out of the house, and the parents are like, oh gosh, I don't know what to do. And the schools are like, well, we're going to try to help you, but it's time to get out, it is getting close. So what we start doing is around age 13, we start teaching the skills that are going to transition into becoming an adult. And 13 might seem pretty young, but as many of you know, um, time flies. So we started at age 13 working on little things. And we, again, make everything fun. So we're gonna try to teach lessons. We might teach them how to cook, we might teach them how to use a microwave, how to wash clothes, how to go shopping, how to balance a checkbook or use an ATM card nowadays. We're gonna teach all the different skills we think that are helpful. And so we do things where we teach them to integrate it in the community. So we might go on outings. We're gonna teach them to give back. So we'll do community service because there are certainly people that have helped us. We're gonna try and help them too. And we're gonna try and do a lot of different fun things. We go on activities through our bridge program. Um, we've gone to stores. Um, we do a community garden on occasion to help with that. So all of our bridge activities are designed for our teenagers to have fun and to learn skills. And usually it goes about 2.30 or 3 o'clock to 5.30. And we tend to try to have some kind of lesson every day and then do something fun, and we try to integrate it all together because we don't want it to feel like school because we do understand a lot of our folks about the time it feels like they're getting a lecture or lesson, they're gonna check out. So we do it, and the lady who does our bridge program is phenomenal. She's really good at making everything seem fun. So even when the teens are learning, they don't know they're learning. She's really good at that.
0: Now for our adult day program, can you tell us a little bit about the Hero House? Yeah, the Hero House came out
1: of a ideal. All the day habs that are in town, the day habilitation programs, are for the most part tied to particular providers. And when I say that, there's Helen Farabee, Daybreak, DNS, and there's some other providers in town too. And so there can be limitations to those programs. They all have their strengths also, so don't misunderstand me. What we wanted to do at the ARC was create a day program where we felt like we could take the ideas, the best of all the other programs we saw and our own ideas on things we could do. And so we tried to create something where not only could folks come here and learn, but they could do the things we thought were important. Um, so what we try to do is we try to teach social skills. We try to teach living skills. We try to teach employment skills. We try to teach all the different skills that we think are needed for someone to become independent. Some of the folks that go to our hero house are wanting to learn to get a job, and we'll certainly teach them those skills too. Others just want somewhere to go during the day, and so we're gonna teach them little things like, we, as far as I know, are the only place that has a cooking program, there may be another day have that does it, I'm not aware of that, but that's certainly possible. But what we do is we have where people don't bring their lunch to our day have, we're gonna cook lunch. Now, COVID shut that down, so in fairness, I don't know that that's restarted, but the way it tended to work was we would, not only just we'd do the cooking, we'd have individuals help with the cooking, so they were part of the process. So they were learning skills that they could take home with them. We usually start with news of the day, um, where we start talking about different things that are happening, celebrities' birthdays, movies that came out, TV. And then it's just kind of a segue into talking about how was your day, what you do this weekend. And what we're really doing is we're teaching our folks things that are going on in the community and things that are going on in the world, but we're also teaching how to interact with each other. So we do those things. We'll do karaoke. Um, we do bingo. We do dancing. We play board games. We do educational things. Um, they go to the mall. Um, Yoga. We have a lady, a wonderful lady that comes in and does yoga with them and teaches them about centering and doing different things. Shout out to
0: Carson at Balance Yoga. She is amazing.
1: Wonderful. And so we we have folks that are willing to donate their time. We have a young man, Eric. I say young, young compared to me. (laughs) Uh, If you're out there, Eric. Just remember <laughs> I said that uh, he's really he's affiliated with the Air Force Base, but he does a lot of wonderful things with our programs, um, helping our individuals. He does things on Facebook that are free for our individuals that they can learn too. So he kind of interacts with us also. So really, the the thing about our Hero House or our Rehabilitation Program is it's a really great program that we teach all kinds of skills. We don't have anybody that's just sitting there doing nothing unless they choose to. And if they do that, we're going to try to get them interacting also to the best of our ability because we don't want anybody to sit at home just playing a video game sitting still. And it defeats our purpose if they aren't sitting at home, they're sitting in our day habilitation program because they're not there to sit, they're there to learn, to be engaged, to have fun. And that's what we strive for all of our members that attend.
0: Well, and also recognizing too, I mean, ideally people would, um, students would go in the public school system, go to school, maybe go to the 18 plus program until they're 21, 22. And then if they wanted a day program, go straight into Dayhab um, because it kind of keeps what they've learned going. But like you said, people sitting at home watching TV, you know, we hear about that a lot of the times that kids that have aged out of the school system and they've been there Um, So just acknowledging that everybody is coming from a different place in life, and so we we do try to slowly get people kind of in in the routine of our day hab program. Um, But sometimes we have a little bit of a battle of people not wanting to do something. We do,
1: the fact that a family wants an individual to progress and do more doesn't mean the individual always does. They might have been happy playing video games. They might be happy just sitting there And of course, for a lot of our individuals that we've worked with, they're happy, but they don't know the alternative. There's a lot of, if all you've done is played video games and sat there and watched TV or whatever, you may not understand that if you go to the mall, it's fun to walk around and look around. You may not understand that when you do Meals on Wheels and you go out and you give back to the community, looking at the, the face when you're giving someone meals and they say, thank you so much, and they're smiling. Some of our guys, that's the highlight of their day and they'll tell you that's why they come. is for that. But they didn't know that when they came to us. So we're trying to teach experiences. So yet yeah, sometimes we have to drag folks up into that, and at least least give them that. We certainly don't make them do it against their will, but we're gonna encourage them to have those experiences and learn. And we want this to be a productive thing for them. The social programs is one of the most fun things that we do. Um, we broke it break it into adults and teenagers. And the ideal behind the social programs is that a lot of the folks we serve, social deficits is their difficulty. They may not have they may not be really good at talking to people, making friends, asking a girl out on a date getting a job, not that they don't have the skills to do it, but they may not have the social skills to converse with people and to interact. And so what our social program is designed to do is, is they get a lot of really fun experiences, but what they're really learning to do is social skills. We may go out and say, um, I took a group of guys recently to a sports bar, and that was we call that guys' night. We have a guys' night and a girls' night, and those are the only two events that we kind of discriminate. We keep them separate. <laughs> but in that, they went out to eat, And so they were really excited that they got to go eat and look at TV. But what they really got to do is they learned how to place an order. They learned how to figure out a tip. They learned the importance of why you tip the wait staff. They learned how to, if you like your meal, what do you do? If you're not happy with your meal, what's the proper way to convey that? How do you have those interactions when people are in that area? How do you converse with the other people that are at your table? what are the manners you encounter when someone's sitting next to you, using your inside voice so that you're having fun, but you're not disturbing other families. But they think that they're just eat and watch TV. So that's kind of an example of kind of what we do. Um, We do things like we go bowling. We try to, uh, Danita is our social coordinator. Um, Hopefully she won't go anytime soon, so this becomes dated. But she's absolutely wonderful, and she does most of the planning of our events and trips and stuff like that. And so, we look at events every month, what's going on in the Wichita Falls area and what kind of things might our folks be engaged in. And so there have been many people that say that our, the folks that we serve have a better social life than many of us do. There are just so many neat activities. We do a friends club. That's one of the things we do for adults and teenagers. And the funny part about it is this was designed as a way to give families a break because many of our families, they might have families that will take care of their loved ones, but they can get burnt out or they don't want to ask them or maybe they don't have family members. So we thought, well, what if we come up with a four-hour time frame where the individuals can come to us, they'll eat dinner, play games, have fun, and their family, they can go on a date and then go do laundry or go grocery shopping, whatever they want to do independently. And we thought this was a really great idea. And we still think it's a great idea. But what we found was that the last time we did one of these, we had about 50-something people show up (laughs) and four of them, the family needed it. These guys like it so much that we just, it's grown into probably our most popular program now. (laughs) They just, they're all in there and it has nothing to do with their families needing to break anymore. They want to be there. And so their families get the break. Um, We have something similar that we call. kids night out and we used to call it parents night out is designed for those of you that have young children and they do not have to have a disability which is something a lot of folks aren't aware of and so if there's a child usually it's like ages 3 to 12 right in that range if you have a child that fits in that range then we usually do it on the second Saturday of the month but it can vary from month to month but basically it used to be an idea where the parents could bring their young children there for four hours and they could go out and do whatever they need to do but the kids demanded that they want to come back we had the kids asking for it more than the parents so it's the same program but now it's kids night out not parents night (laughs) out and so it's a really neat program we do this like a four-hour time block and even the cost on it, I think it's $20 for the first child and $10 for every child after that if you have a family. So for the peace of mind and knowing they get to have fun and we feed them for that same money, uh, in the great scheme of things, it's a, it's a pretty oh, cheap that, deal. Yeah. And we have families that just like, when is your next <laughs> kid's night? The families just look forward to it, they know their kids are gonna have fun and they're, looking, they're like penciling into their schedule what they're gonna do with that four hour block of time.
0: Yeah, I mean, before I know it, my kids are gonna be able to go. So can't yeah. wait for that. <laughs>
1: The People First program is our self-advocacy group that we do, and what they do is every month they have a meeting, and in that meeting they do a small training or something to teach self-advocacy skills and things that are important to them, and then they tend to have a meeting also. The People First have their own board of directors. We have a staff that kind of advises them, but they are their own meeting group. They talk about different issues that are important to them, and so what we do is we teach advocacy, but what's really neat about this group once a year, they go to a state conference on advocacy. Um, last year it was in Denton, and this year it will be in Round Rock. And every two years, they go to the state capitol, and they meet with legislators to talk about issues that are important to them. And we'll usually have a staff or someone that accompanies them, and sometimes there's family, but they're the ones talking to the, the representatives, not us, talking about the issues that are important to them. So to me, one of the really fascinating things about this, and I'm hoping this will be true depending on how long this this blog lasts, but as of right now, we are the largest people, largest self-advoc- self-advocacy group in the state of Texas. And when you imagine there's Austin, Dallas, and Houston, and we're bigger than they are, that's really a credit to the, the People First group and their advisor. Um, her name's Christy, um, In full disclosure, she's one of my bosses, but I'm still gonna give her credit because <laughs> she does a really good job with them.
0: For parents who want to learn to become better advocates, kind of what do we offer? offer them okay
1: well one of the things that we do is we can families can come to us if they have difficulties with their children or with a loved one Um, if there's behavioral issues they can talk to us and we can sit down and come up with a plan to try to help them out if they just need information just this is what's going on what do i do we can do that over the phone if they want help with that um If they're having difficulties with the schools um, whether it's an education plan or a behavioral component we can talk with them about different things that they can do we can even attend ARD meetings to assist with communication of course we try not to be adversarial we try to make sure that it's a smooth relationship and we try to talk to families about the fact that when you're in uh, doing an IEP and you're in the ARD process that you want to go into this with the ideal that you want is best for your child, but the school Wants what's best for your child too. They obviously have a lot of different things going on, and you have a more vested interest than the school does because it's your child. But nobody gets into special education thinking, how can I keep some child down today? You know, they're there because they care about kids too. They just have caseloads and different issues, and they think they know what's best, and they're going to go at it from that direction. And so, as a parent, it's kind of good to be empathetic to what they're going through, but still stand up for your child. What we can do is we can go along and assist with that process where we talk about the different things that are going on. If the school's not doing what they're doing, we can help with that process also. But oftentimes it's a communication to make sure things are smooth. And so one of the things that we can do beyond attending the ARD is we can educate families on that whole process so that they don't necessarily even need us there. Because if you have a child that's eight, and they're going to be in school till they're 22. That's a lot of years with a lot of IEP meetings, a lot of ARD meetings, a lot of different teachers and paraprofessionals you'll work with. And and people, uh, schools are buildings. People are what make the foundation. So you're going to run into good employees that really, truly care about your child a lot and go above and beyond. And people that are there that they care about your child, but it's a check. And there's going to be, you're going to run into both of those. So we kind of teach you how to work with, both types of people, and how to advocate for your child in a way that's more likely to get you success. Because, of course, any family can advocate for their child, and many of them do, but if you put the school in a situation where those employees don't feel like you're listening or they're the bad guy, they're going to be defensive, and that doesn't help you get where you want to be. Where you want to be what's in the best interest of your child. So part of what we try to do is educate and inform whether it's talking with the families or being in the room with them with the school, we try to help that whole process. And usually that goes pretty well.
0: Um, So also I know one of our newer programs as well would be our transportation program.
1: Right. And the transportation program is one of those things that came out of looking at the community needs and figure out what do we need. And we found out that there are some folks that don't have a way to get places. Um, Some people have families or friends, but that's not always a given. And one of the things when we talk about wanting to be as independent or self-sufficient as possible, well, if you can't drive and you don't know how to ride the bus system or even you can, but the bus system, you're stuck on their schedule, that's kind of limiting. So our transportation program allows someone to call up to the ARC and say they're needing a ride somewhere. for the most part, what we've done is we've given people rides from the school to the Spectrum program, which is an ABA program in town. We'll take people from school home. We do different things based on what the family's needs are, what the individual's needs are. That has to be scheduled in advance, and we have several people that we see, that we already know we're gonna see them five days a week, we're gonna do it, or two days a week. We also, within that program, someone can call, preferably 24 hours in advance, and say, I need a ride to the grocery store. And then if we have the availability, then we can take them to do that so they don't have to get a cab or anything. Um, I should probably mention that in our transportation program, like all of the other programs we have, the ARC is a non-profit, but when we say it, we're really not making a profit. The rates that we set for all the things we do are designed to offset our cost and break even. Sometimes we get a little more than that. Oftentimes we get a little less than that. But our ideal is not to make money off of our programs, but to provide a service to the individuals that we serve and make it affordable. So when people do transportation, for instance, um, I'll tell you that um, the, the last I knew, transportation might be $8 one way and $15 round trip. And depending on the circumstances, it could be different than that. Um, In our independent living program, which we'll talk about later, we have a little bit cheaper rate. And I will tell you, because social programs are so important to us and because we know so many people like it and they benefit from it, we do a special thing for them that when someone does the social program, they go $2 round trip from their house and back to the activity, and there's nobody that can touch that
0: rate in talking about um just needs in the community i think it really was highlighted during covid um the independent living program um we saw many individuals um that maybe we were helping some before in living at home independently on their own but with covid you know it was a scary time and a lot of unknowns um, Can we talk about it yet that it's in the past? Let's just, yeah. We're hoping so. When COVID was a thing. No, Uh, still very much in it. But um, that definitely highlighted some of the needs, you know, whenever people weren't going to grocery stores or it was just very limited. Um, you know, we were doing more for those folks that are living at home on their own. Um, but kind of, do you mind telling us what that's really turned into now? Sure. Well, the
1: independent living program has really grown because what we're looking at, and we, I've mentioned before that we're looking for people to be as independent as possible, as self-sufficient as possible. So there are some folks that live in group homes and they're happy there and that's fine. That's what they want to do. And there's some people that live with their families and they're fine with that. But there's some individuals that want to live on their own. They're just, they're a little anxious about it or they just need a little bit of help. Some need more help than others. The independent living program is designed so that when an individual lives by themselves, they're going to have the ARC. And generally, it'll be, it will actually be me most of the time. But we're going to, if we haven't heard from them, we're going to check on them every two weeks to make sure things are going well. Otherwise, we do things like we try to make sure they know how to take care of themselves, whether it's bathing, um, cooking, using a microwave, mopping, sweeping, whatever the skills are for living independently. Um, we're going to sit down with them, figure out what they know how to do, what they don't know how to do, and teach them the, those skills. We're going to help them. As far as navigating problems with the landlord, with neighbors, we'll talk to them about grocery shopping and maybe as simple as if you're on a budget, you don't need to get that box of whatever for $5 when you can get something for $2.50. So we teach them name brand versus generic. Of course, they can make their own decision. I should preface everything they do is their decision. We're gonna inform and educate, but we're not going to decide. That's where we're a little different than maybe a family or guardian these individuals are going to make their own decision. We're just gonna to try to help them make educated, informed decisions. And so to give an example of kinda of how this has gone, we recently had someone that came to us that um, they were referred from the Helen Fairby Center. They had some difficulties due to some family problems. And so he really wanted to escape a bad circumstance. So we helped him look around at different apartments as houses. We talked about the difference between an apartment and a house. We talked about the benefits and risks depending on where you live. This individual wanted to be, he works on the base and wanted to live close to the base. So we looked at the different places around the base. We looked at the different areas. And so what we found for him was an apartment that he could could get. We helped go over with him the lease, how it works, what it's gonna cost. We talked to him about a budget based on his money, where his bills are so he understands how to do that. We're going to help him, and as he learns, we'll fade out a little more, but we're gonna teach him a little bit about how to pay those bills. You know, Some folks that we work with, they may not know how their bank account works. They may not know how to use an ATM card. They may not have a clue. So we try to teach those type of skills too. And so in this individual's case, he's got those skills. Now he was dependent on people. There were folks um, that were charging him a lot of money for giving rides. Now he's not, not only is he not dependent on those people, he's a walk away from work. So he's eliminated that. Grocery stores, he's learning the skills for getting rides places, but there's a store that's not a grocery store, but it's a Dollar General not too far away, which has most of the things he needs. So. What we've done is we've taken an individual, made him as independent as possible. I used to talk to him three or four times a day when he first moved out. Now we talk about once every other day. So little by little, he's getting more comfortable. He's feeling stronger, more independent. And so we're teaching the skills. When you have those difficulties, what do you do? When new problems pop up, how do we handle it? And so he's getting self-confidence about his ability he's learning that he's not worthless which is a term that too many people said to him sadly family and friends type of folks so he's learning that he is really good at handling things on his own he does have the ability he is a smart guy and so When we do independent living, we're teaching a lot of living skills, how to live on their own, but we're doing so much more. And so I'm really proud of the work that we do. And the art came up with this program because this is one that they found a need. And I'm really glad they did because it helps a lot of folks.
0: Lastly, our summer camp program that we offer.
1: Yeah, our summer camp program is really neat. Um, We offer three different ones. Our Camp Noah is for children. Camp Wonder is for teenagers. And Camp Harmony is for adults. And... They have various costs involved. Um, I hate to talk about the cost because it could change from year to year, so I really don't know. But I will tell you, it's probably going to be in June or July. We try to make the kids real active. Um, We do arts and crafts. We do water games. It really depends on exactly what camp they're doing. Camp Harmony is the one for adults. And so they do a lot of different things. They may do pool or ping pong or water games. It really depends on where the activities at, how many people sign up, things like that. But I will say that the summer camps are one of the most popular things we do. Um, we already have people calling and asking about the summer camps, and we haven't even figured out yet where we're going to do them this year. Well, have to, we have some ideas on some different venues we're going to check into. Um, once we have that planned, of course, we'll probably post that information also. But the summer camps are extremely popular program.
0: With our summer programs, too, knowing that there is a wide range of Disabilities and, um, you know, just like our child care program, you know, you don't have to have a disability to come as well to Camp Wonder and Camp Noah. Make sure to, just like all of our programs, find ways to get everybody involved, and, um, whether that's partnering some children one on one with a staff or one on two or three, uh, staff to children, um, we just we find ways to accommodate every single child, and that's one thing I really love about our our summer camps too. Is um, you can go and visit and volunteer, or you know, whenever I'm up there taking pictures, um, just seeing all of the the kids in their own way being involved and engaged. So uh, summer camps are so fun.
1: Yeah, it's really neat. You see, everybody you never see anybody sad at a summer camp. They're all having a blast. It's like the highlight. Last year was my first summer camp that I actually worked at. And as we were leaving on Friday, I had one of the kids, I said, when's our next one? They hadn't even left the parking lot. They were already planning. (laughs) So it's really neat to see that our folks are so engaged and really enjoy it. And what's funny about it is the staff and volunteers probably have as much fun or if not more fun than the people that are attending it. We all have a blast with it.
0: If anybody has any questions about any of our programs or services or even ideas, as, as Frank mentioned, this program is new and this program is new. We're always open to expanding the arc and what we offer. Um, so if there's any gaps in what we do and what's needed out there, we'd love to hear your ideas. Um, but yeah, if you have any questions at all, always feel free to call our offices. Um, Frank might be the one that answers the phone, maybe Anthony, somebody else, but we'll get you to the right person that can answer any questions you have. Thank you for coming today, Frank.
1: Thank you very much. I enjoyed it.
0: Thank you so much for taking the time to learn more about what we do here at the Arc of Wichita County. Please be sure to click on the link to our website to see more about our programs and even to sign up to become a member, volunteer, or board member. Friends, be good to yourself.